Welcome to Kick Some ADHD, the podcast for professionals and business owners who struggle to stay focused and get the important stuff done. We'll help you understand how to maximize the unique advantages that come with ADHD and learn ways to keep the struggles and negative impacts at bay. Now, here are your hosts, ADHD coach for professionals, Dana Rayburn, and digital marketing strategist, David Johnson. Okay, Dana, it's it's that time again. I don't know. Can you hear me? I'm I'm typing. Type. It's type. Um, oh, it's a bad joke. I'm David, so sorry. That was really a bad joke. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. We're so, talking about types of ADHD. I know. Today. We're talking about types of ADHD, and we need to kick David's ADHD <laughs> out of the room because that was really stupid. Oh, well, dad jokes are my thing. What can I say? And yeah, I'm, I'm, I guess. I guess. I'm medicated. I'm, I'm drinking coffee. I'm doing my best. Okay. Okay. Now <laughs> we'll, we'll forgive you. We'll f- so, David, yes. it's our favorite time of the week. What I are know, we going to do? It. We're going to kick some ADHD. Bam. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we're doing today. And we are. We're talking about types because last episode, we were talking about gender. And how that affects ADHD, which is yep. a fascinating topic. Yep. And it was so hard to like not dive too far into the different types yes. of ADHD. Yes. And and I have learned a few things in my life. And one of them is if you throw everything at people all at once, it sort of overwhelms them. So that's why we decided to separate the types of ADHD conversation out of the gender conversation. And so yeah. today we're talking about the types of ADHD. And this is, this is, this like digs a little into the history of the whole thing because we didn't have types until DSM four, I think it was. I I don't, don't, I'm not sure. Three or four. I actually have it in front of me. It was when, when we switched from ADD to ADHD, when they combined the, the name, which, which actually was between editions of the DSM. It was in 1987, if I remember correctly. Okay. Because when I started in this which was ni- around 1987 oh my gosh no it wasn't 97 oh, okay it was wait late, a second wait a that. second yeah, yeah, yeah. nine about 97 98 it was um it we already had it was still ADD but they the types were differentiated yeah yeah and that was it's a weird thing to do really to kind of try to describe um things in that way. You know, can we just say, I don't know, have we said this before on this podcast? Is this the worst god awful name for a for a trait? It, it, you know, oh, attention awful. deficit hyper hyperactivity disorder. It's, it's an, so it's yeah. an awful name and most people in the biz, the experts agree it's an awful name and it what may apply to children in the diagnosis, doesn't apply to adults in the diagnosis. The whole thing is just kind of a, a mess. It is a mess. It is. And I, like I, I, I argue all the time, there's no deficit of attention no. and I don't have a disorder. I mean, it affects things sometimes negatively, maybe sometimes more more negatively than not. But uh, you know, it's not, I, I just, it's, I don't, it's not I, a I don't disorder. Like I don't have a disorder. I don't have a syndrome. I don't. It's just the way my brain works. And if my world isn't set up for to support my brain, if I'm not doing what needs to be done to support my brain, then yeah, we fall into the disorder realm. But it's it's not. It's just who we are. Yeah, yeah. So Dana, I have a question for you. Are you? Have you ever considered yourself hyperactive? 
or been described as hyperactive? Not the way you think of little boys jumping around the room hyperactive, but okay. I'm always wiggling. I'm always jiggling. I'm always shifting in my chair. My diagnosis is inattentive type, predominantly inattentive type. Predominantly um, inattentive. And so here's the deal, David, that I w have a hard time with the, with the three types as diagnosed is because my body may not be incredibly hyperactive, though I wiggle all the time, but my brain is going a million miles an hour all the time. So my brain's hyperactive, but my body isn't. Exactly. And and so like I was a well-behaved, quote unquote, well-behaved child. You know, I sat still in class. I didn't blurt out, you know, believe it or not, Tina. <laughs> what uh, happened? Well, I had a Marine for a father. Oh, okay. and, you know, there was that. But but you know what I mean? Like no one would have ever said I was hyperactive. And I think we talked about this last week. But when my daughter was diagnosed, she was diagnosed primarily inattentive. And then the same psychologist di diagnosed me as combined type. And I know there are details in the DSM, what is it, five that we're on now? Mm -hmm. we, we should mention what that is, the diagnostic. Yeah, we do need uh, to go back and give a little context here. But go ahead, yeah. finish your story. But anyway, we'll yeah, so, but I, I've never been hyperactive. And I, and I felt like, you know, if you describe hyperactivity, that's not really me at all. But like you said, and in fact, I, I really struggled with the impulsivity component because that was a, that's a, that's a, clinical term that they use is, you know, impulsivity. And I'm like, I'm not really that impulsive. And it's, it's internal. My brain is impulsive. It jumps, you know, it's it impulsively popping from here to there. So in that sense, yes. So anyway, I'm probably getting ahead of things and stepping on leads and all that. But I have um, one question before we get into the context is, are you, do you fidget a lot? Do you wiggle? I don't think so. Okay. And, like I, and so I really, you're, you're combined type. That's see, that's just and does it really matter? That's well, the that other I thing. think yes. Now that I'm looking forward to talking with you. Okay. I have bought fidget toys though in the last few years, and I really like them. Yeah. So I probably could fidget more honestly yeah. than yeah. I do. Yeah. Anyway, know. so yeah, so I'm in attentive type, and I it I don't sit still, but I don't necessarily. Well, sometimes I do run around the room, but, uh, okay. I was, yeah, anyway, I'm not, that's a, that's a total squirrel, but, um, my darling husband might disagree with this, but anyway, I, I'm not physically hyperactive except I'm always wiggling. I cannot sit still and my, there's always a, a foot jiggling and a hand wiggling and, a, and shifting in the chair. Um, that's always going on. So, you know, I might be answering in the question you asked me inaccurately because I am the last person to notice like my physical body, what it's doing. Like I can sit in my chair all day for hours, get up to go get a cup of coffee and realize I've really needed to use the bathroom probably for a very long period of time. Like I, my bladder, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, why didn't I notice that? I, I don't know. You You're know, hyper-focused. I, I was, I was hyper-focused. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. So let's get into the, some of the context. Okay, so there is there's the D, the DSM, the Diagnostic Manual that diagnoses for psych, psychiatry. So can is we talk the about the name of this thing? Yes. Really, the yes. Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. Right. 
Right. Yes. Don't you just love that? So it's I the, do. the DSM and there have been different versions of the DSM that have come out. And David, you may have the statistics over many, many years. And right now we're on DSM five. So every 1952 time, was the okay. first edition. Yes. Yeah. So every time they update the DSM, then they, they change the way the diagnostic criteria and such for all the, and we're just going to call it disorders that they have in, in the manual. And, and it, it is useful in the sense that when you think about psychologists and psychiatrists trying to describe symptoms and things, that you need a common language, you know, yeah. to be able to refer to something. So in that sense, and hence the statistical part of the whole thing, right, it's, it's, it's useful to think about the, the idea of, of classifying things that way. And, and having a common language. But can we just say the first name for what would now be thought of as ADHD in the DSM-1 from 1952? Do you, do you know, off I, the top of your head, Go Dana, ahead. No. I'm surprised. I, you. I, I have repressed it, frankly. Go I, ahead. You should. You should. You totally should. Minimal brain dysfunction was what right. they referred. Minimal brain dysfunction. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to say screw you to whoever wrote that. Yeah. I mean, you know. Exactly. Exactly. Because uh, we don't. Yeah. Anyway, we could get we're not going to get off on that. Anyway, so the DS when we talk about the DSM or DSM-5 and this has this list of criteria for that that the medical professionals use to diagnose somebody with ADHD. And so if you get a diagnosis, you will get the diagnosis based on either the DSM-5 criteria, which is the current, or if you're in the United States, it will be on ICD-10, which is the International Classification of Diseases Code that your doctor uses. You know, when you get the doctor bill and they say, well, mm -hmm. you were in for a cold or whatever, and they put a number, 901. whatever, blah, blah, yeah. that's the ICD-10. And they're very specific criteria. And ironically, they're not exactly identical. Oh, so, oh, so that's even interesting also. Isn't okay. it though? Yeah. So so there's the DSM and and the diagnostic stuff. And so there are three types that they have decided in is there's the predominantly inattentive type. Right. There's a predominantly hyperactive type. And then there is combined type, which includes both of them. Yeah. Yeah, which is, it's not all that different. The, the DSM three came out in nineteen eighty. They they listed the 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 thing as ADD, attention deficit disorder, with or without hyperactivity. Right. So you know the the the, the description and whatnot has grown over the years, but that's where we are today. So today we're going to probably all have a diagnosis that's one of the three types you just. Yes, mentioned. you'll have one of the three types if you've been diagnosed. And so I remember. As a coach, when we they added that H in there, besides screwing up my website, you know, and you have to, jeez <laughs> Louise, and uh. now and now everybody has different terminology. So I call it ADHD because that's the technical term. However, a lot of people that don't have the hyperactivity component get upset because there's an H in there. Right. Yeah. Why should I be an H when I'm right. not? Right. Right. And and what I say is because you physically may not be hyperactive, but your body, your brain is, your brain is hyperactive. So that's. And, yeah. And fair enough. You know. Right. It's. And, it's and, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Okay. That's a good way to deal with it, honestly. Yeah. Because, you know, you, you, people, you want to feel like you, they want to feel like they're being recognized. Yeah. Yeah. When you, when you get diagnosed with something that isn't a fit, you know. Yeah. And you can tell just by the name. 
Right. <laughs> anyway, so the thing about the diagnosis is the is it's the DSM diagnosis for ADHD is it's based on children. Yes. And it is based on specific ages. Yes. And that doesn't necessarily apply to adults. Um, most many of us, I mean, I know have known since I was it started to really show up that I noticed that I was getting in trouble for stuff that my friends weren't when I was probably in the second grade. That's when I noticed it. And if I look back, probably the kindergarten, first grade is when I really started to realize I was different. So, 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 but, and, and that's a lot of people we know noticed early on, you know, I'm just a little di different than everybody else. However, there are people who, um, it, it doesn't show up until they're a lot older, until they're adults. Yeah, yeah. But they the diagnostic criteria still includes this child, this children's component. Like the symptoms, several symptoms have to have been present before you were 12 years old, according right. to the DSM-5, right. in, in order for this to work. Right. And your doctor, in theory, can't diagnose you unless you have some evidence that it was there before the age of 12. Right. And then we also have people who have had traumatic brain injury, and so they have ADHD symptoms, and, and then it's an adult onset. Yeah. Or if, the, if there was such structure and your schooling was just right and you were a, being a student was your strength, you didn't have problems until you right. got older. You just didn't. Right. Yeah. And I've read from a lot of people in the sort of ADHD community, they'll say exactly that sort of thing. Like, I did great all the way through high school. I hit college, had no idea what happened. Right. And for whatever reason, the particular, you know, K through 12 experience, they were really well suited for. Yep. And then they went off the rails. Yeah, they were well suited for it. And they probably had uh, their parents who were, you know, they were providing the structure and they were on it. And the, so the kid was just going along da, 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 and everything was okay until that structure was pulled away and the way they were educated was, was changed. And then they fell apart. And we and talked, feel, we talked about this yeah. a bit last week, um, when hitting the wall and all of that. So yeah, anyway, definitely. for adults, we need to look more at at what we call the executive function skills more than, you know, can they play quietly by themselves for a few hours? <laughs> so, right. so the executive sandbox time is horrid with this one around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can you build yeah. Legos for a few? So the executive function skills are, it's more like self-awareness, working memory, self-motivation, um, things that allow us to meet goals being able to understand time and work with time, um, being able to manage distractions, being able to engage in tasks, even if they're boring. And so these are a lot of the executive function skills. So if you think of what an executive might need to be able to, to be uh, effective in, in her or his profession, then those are the skills we're talking about. Planning, you know, follow through, you know, controlling intensity and impulsivity, all of that stuff. I, I, I also include, you know, addiction to some form of stimulants. Like, <laughs> yes, he's got this. He's, David's holding up the largest cup of coffee I think I've ever seen in my life. It's, uh, it's not a Trenta, but it's, it's a <laughs> grande. <laughs> 
<laughs> I have ordered. Surprised you beer. don't have a camel pack of coffee in your. Anyway, well, we digress. This is my fourth cup of the. <laughs> We digress. <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. So, so let's, are we going to dive in more? Let's take a break, and and then let's dive in more and talk about you know what what are what are other ways to look at this that might be more helpful, and what do we do about it? Hi, it's David. Did you happen to catch episode 27? It was called Overcommit Much. In it, Dana gave me a one-on-one -on -one coaching session with, you know, thousands of my favorite people listening. That means you, the listeners of this podcast. So it wasn't exactly one-on-one, -on -one, but you get the idea. Dana is a masterful coach and I will be the first to admit that I hit a point in my life where I realized I needed some direct help <laughs> with you know, managing ADHD symptoms and, and really taking control of areas where I was struggling. I want you to know if you haven't ever worked with a coach, Dana is someone that you should really consider working with. There's a great way for you to get a little taste that goes beyond what happened last week, but also doesn't commit you to coaching. And that is that Dana has produced an audio course that allows you to understand the fundamentals of ADHD success. And I really want to urge you to go check this out. It's not a free item, but it is a very inexpensive, low cost item. And here's how to get it. Just go to DanaRayburn.com, D-A-N-A-R-A-Y-B-U-R-N.com. It's on the homepage. Just scroll down a little ways and you'll see there's some green buttons that say get access now. And those are related to this audio program, The Fundamentals of ADHD Success. It's an online course, and I promise you it's going to be worth your time. You're going to be glad you did it. So go to DanaRayburn.com and check it out. And make sure that if you do end up getting this audio program, make sure that you reply back to one of those emails that you get, you know, and let Dana know you heard about it right here on Kick Some ADHD. Again, DanaRayburn.com and grab the fundamentals of ADHD success. You're going to be glad you did. Okay, we're talking about the different types of ADHD. And Dana, I get this funny feeling that I think you think these are bogus. What makes you think that, David? I just don't think they're helpful. I don't yeah. think they're helpful. And what we wanted, because it's like, okay, in attentive type, well, then what does it mean? How, right. uh, what do I do with that? How do I work with that? And it, it doesn't, it, I just don't find it's helpful. Some medications seem to work better for inattentive types than hyperactive types, but not necessarily. Right. I see very little correlation there at all. And part, probably in part because it's so hard to differentiate between the three you know, types anyway. If, if you're a, a clinician. For an adult. Yeah. For an adult. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, fair enough. Okay. I yeah. mean, sometimes you can just peg it. I, yeah, I work with some, some people that you can, you, I know, and I'm pretty good usually at discerning is it, is they hyperactive or inattentive? So some, some you can tell, but a lot of Others, you just don't. And it. And my bottom line is, it it doesn't help. It's a. It's maybe a good start, but we need to get more. We need to get more helpful information. I think so too. And this is just not a good place to find it in the types. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. So, and remember, when you're talking about types, it's. To me, I'm looking at yes, it's what physically we're manifesting, what our body's doing, and also what's your brain doing? 
because an inattentive type, we're not, our brains are very hyperactive. It's just right. not manifesting in our bodies. And it's that impulsivity component that I was referring to earlier that the, the, the clinician described and my psychologist described it as impulsivity. And I'm, that just didn't resonate well with me. But that's, it is, it's hyperactivity of the mind. Mm-hmm. And you know? I am incredibly impulsive um, with, with words. Verbally, I can be amazingly impulsive. I've learned to moderate it some. However, just every once in a while, it's, oh my God, what, why did I just say and do that? Anyhow. Yeah. But, you know, on that note, Dana, this is one of the things that makes us amazing human beings. The impulsivity or the hyperactivity of the mind allows us to make incredible leaps and jumps and connect things that other people don't connect and see things in ways other people don't see. And it's really valuable. Yes. And so I really just wanted to pat us on the back for... for okay, I'm patting. <laughs> and and, and the other thing is that we can look like we're standing, staring out into space, staring out the window, we're not doing anything. And that can look like you're the inattentive. But I believe that I need that time to be able to create. That's often when those ideas go pop. Yes. Yep. Sorry. No. And and I, and I think if we cut off that, then we, that's when we also start to get into trouble. So this is what I was referring to. I think it was in the last episode where, you know, having time in the morning where I'm, I'm doing exactly what you just said. I'm staring off into space. I'm drinking coffee. I'm not hopefully looking at my phone if I'm doing this correctly. And, but that's when my brain, like it does the things. And, um, I find that it works better when I'm not medicated. Yeah. And also, and I think our phones are so connected to us now that I believe a lot of us are not allowing ourselves that time. Because we're not just sitting and doing nothing anymore. We're sitting and looking at our phones if we're not doing something else. Exactly. And we need that, you know, sort of downtime, time to think, time to allow our brains to make bizarre connections right. And, right. and process. Right. And, and I've, I, I find I miss that if I don't allow that time to happen. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. yeah. Mine often happens in the middle of the night if I'm, if I wake up and I've done this my whole life. I've been had often I'll be awake for an hour or so in the middle of the night. And that's when I get a lot of my good ideas. That's when my brain just gets to wander and go. So anyway, we digress. Okay. So both types, hyperactive and inattentive are inattentive, unless you're hyper-focused on something. Mm-hmm. That's one thing to remember. In, inattentive brains are hyperactive. It just doesn't manifest in our bodies. And then the other thing that I love is Dr. Charles Parker's book, New ADHD Medication Rules. And this has been out, oh gosh, I don't know. I want to say five years, which means it's probably closer to 10. He <laughs> Okay. <laughs> that's, that's, because time. <laughs> because Dana time. Um, is he has changed, he calls them three different names, which I really like. He, he okay. calls it Thinking Without Acting. So one type is thinking without acting, and that would be the inattentive. The other type is acting without thinking, and that would be the hyperactive. Never done that. (laughs) And then he goes to one that I've not, I don't see, and I don't know, I, I don't like the third one, not acting and not thinking. 
Is this is this his idea of when you combine them? <laughs> no, I see. I would do oh. it differently because okay, I think the combined type has some parts of thinking without acting, and then acting without thinking. And then his not acting and not thinking. He he calls it um, somebody that's just basically shut down. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> and has it doesn't really have emotion and um, uh, so they're overwhelmed to the point of depression. I mean, that's what this sounds yeah, it like. It sounds but, like, or they're just closed off. Like he always okay. he used to call it like Clint Eastwood in an old movie where he's just the uh, and um, you know I I've I don't run into those people, so I don't know that I think it applies. I would imagine those people don't reach out to a coach for help exactly. because they're, you know, and that's, they're, that's they're also not thinking the, about it and they're not going to act on it. Yeah, that's it also. They're not thinking and they're not acting. So they're, they're, they're not going to reach out for help. And, and so that's part of it. But he, that's what he has seen in his psychiatric practice. That's a very interesting differentiation, you know, and, and I think in that way I could see both thinking without acting. Like I'm, I can look like I'm paying attention in a meeting or when we're recording a podcast episode and you know, but I'm thinking about something else. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm kidding um, about the podcast episode, but the, but then also there are times where I just will just decide to do something and then, you know, ready, fire, aim. Yeah. <laughs> you know, think yeah. about it later. Yeah. yeah. And, so, and so it's the, the thinking without acting is thinking and thinking and thinking about something forever and ever and ever. And it's not the productive kind of thinking we were talking about five minutes ago. This is this thinking you're just, it's just swirling around in your brain thinking I need to do this, thinking I need to do this and you never act on it. It's ruminating. It's ruminating. And, yeah. And then getting stuck. Right. Yikes. Right. Yeah. And then the acting without thinking is obviously it's you're you know you're you're yes you say ready fire aim yes leap before yeah. look yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh crap yeah <laughs> yeah yep and i did yeah i've done that so anyway i, I don't want to tell my own stories here but that's that's interesting stuff yeah so that's a little bit of a different way to look at the types instead of the inattentive hyperactive combination it's thinking without acting acting without thinking and not acting and not thinking so if we look at it that way thinking let's say thinking without acting all right then what do you need to focus on to help someone live easier with ADHD yeah what we, do you need to focus on we need we need to activate <laughs> We need to activate. Okay. We need to help them figure out how to get out of their brain into action. Yeah. And, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about the PI people I know, the primarily inattentive types. And, and that's, there's a lot of procrastination mm -hmm. and there's a lot of, I can't start. Right. Right. So I think back to your excellent advice uh, for, for can't start, create clarity. You know, a lot of times it is, you know something where we're lacking clarity, right? Yes. Because we're ruminating, our brains are swirling, we're ruminating, but we're not ruminating on the right thing. We're not ruminating yeah. on the, okay, what's the, really happening here? What's the next small step? What can I do to get into action? We're just swirling and ruminating on the ideas. Um, and so, so that is, if we're looking at thinking without acting, okay, how do we get someone past the procrastination, past the rumination, past the resistance, and get them into action? Makes sense. 
And the other thing about the thinking without acting, one of the go-to emotions is overwhelm in my experience. Yes. That's, yeah. I, I may have mentioned this before, but when I look at the differences between I'm going to call it inattentive and hyperactive ADHD is for inattentive overwhelms the big deal. Yeah. Yeah. And I, so I'm thinking about my daughter and that's when we've had her ADHD symptoms really go crazy when right. there's a big assignment and she's been ruminating and stuck, like you're saying, yeah. overwhelmed, no question about it. And I get there sometimes. I don't, it's not my default, but I do, I do flit into that sometimes um, myself. Yeah. Yeah. And so then the other skills that need to happen along with activation is how do you manage the overwhelm? What do you do? Yes. So so you're dealing with the emotional bit of it. Right. Right. And how do you recognize when you're overwhelmed? What does it feel like? You know, and and I I work a lot with people on, on this, the activation, but then, okay. And then we have overwhelm when it gets to be too much. What do you do? And isn't it ironic? I mean, it makes makes great business sense for. I mean, in other words, it makes a great case for for having coaches. But isn't it ironic that the very things we need to do to help ourselves get out of these places are things we won't do because of working memory? <laughs> yeah. Like we don't yeah. remember in the moment that that's what we need to do. We might know how to do it, or, or yeah. we might have even been successful at it, but it doesn't come to mind. We're in the middle of being overwhelmed, right? You know. Yeah. So we also need to have strategies to help us remember stuff that we're just not going to remember. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Right. And then the acting without thinking is that's the more typical. And so, okay, so how do you rein it in? How do you know when you're blurting out things? How do you know when you're, and we've talked about this before on the podcast. Sure. You know, what do you do about the impulsivity? And that needs to be the, that has to be part of the thing we're focusing on as well. Yeah. I'm thinking about Arnold Horshack. From Welcome Back, Cotter. Do you remember that show? Oh, yes. And he would raise his hand. Oh, 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 oh. That's the feeling I have when I know. That's like I know I'm being impulsive when I'm being Arnold Horshack. <laughs> <laughs> My brain's going, oh, oh, oh. I got something to say. Oh, the people younger than us will have no idea what we're talking they about. Won't. <laughs> they won't. And then um, the other thing about the acting without thinking is we need to then control. Okay, control the acting without thinking. So they're acting in the right direction. So they know what to act on. And then you get into the planning and the task management and all of that. Those things are also very important for the the thinking without acting type. So there's a lot of the tools and things are the same. Mm-hmm. It's just you, you'd need to focus on it a little bit differently. So people will say, well, do you work with an attentive type? I mean, how do you work with people differently? And it's, it's really... So much of the same tools, you just have to apply it a little bit differently and be aware of where you get into trouble. And it seems like some of these these ultimately are a little bit arbitrary, these distinctions. Like they're distinctions without a difference, some of them. And so in reality, I think at the end of the day is we have to figure out how we as individuals struggle or don't struggle or how we how we're wired. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, and, and how that changes over time. Exactly. So in the success club, I don't make a big differentiation when I'm training on a topic about whether it's inattentive or hyperactive. I really don't. And it's when then people start asking the questions and then we get into the individual coaching is, okay, so this is the bigger picture. And then how do we spot a 
you know, spot treat this yeah. problem yeah. for <laughs> That's you. A so it works. It. So it works for you instead of saying, well, everybody with inattentive ADHD needs to do this and everybody hyperactive needs to do this. No, it's, this is the bigger picture. And then we need to spot treat it for what each individual needs. That makes so much sense. And it's, and it's useful. I can say it works. So yeah, there we go. Okay. Yeah. It so, helps. So that's so, David. What questions do you have about the types? And did we? I, I feel like we've rambled around a lot today, but I want to just make sure that we covered what you might want to know. I think we covered it well. I mean, I have studied this a fair amount, and especially because of the distinction between the way I was diagnosed and my daughter was diagnosed by the same clinician. So, you know, I've studied a little bit. And I feel like we did a nice tour. Yeah, we, we, we didn't take the direct route, but hey, it's an ADHD podcast. I mean, we, hey. we, we took the scenic route, <laughs> which is what we do, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's more of an adventure that way. Yeah. Uh, no, I feel like we covered it fairly well. I mean, I'm sure if our listeners have questions, if you're listening and you have a question, this is episode 30. So here's how to find it. Kicksomeadhd.com slash 030. And uh, we fixed the little thing that emails us when a comment shows up. <laughs> yeah, if you so, thought we were ignoring you, it's because we weren't getting your emails. I can't believe that was happening. But anyway, it was. And so that's been fixed. So we, we're, we'll now get notified much more quickly when you leave a comment on the on the <laughs> website. So And we'll approve them, too. They're held for moderation for various reasons and whatnot. So if your comment doesn't appear immediately, don't worry about it. We'll see it. But anyway, kicksomeadhd.com slash 030. And if you have questions about the types, how they interact with each other, and medication and all the other things that we've hit on today, then uh, that would be a great way to reach out with your comment, question, or whatever it might be. Excellent. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, David, what are we talking about next week if we stick to our plan? <laughs> I know we talked I mean, about we, I don't remember. We stick oh, to our plan sometimes. Controlling ADHD phone addiction. That's what we're going to dig into a little bit next week. Yeah. It's going to be so interesting. Like I like this is like a little bit of a neuro nerd episode for me because it's uh, so much brain chemistry and dopamine and, and engineering. Yeah. Yeah. So that's going to be good. That's going to be good. Okay. All right. Well, let's do that. I'm looking forward to it. And um we mentioned how to find us uh, to, to make a comment, but I don't think we mentioned you can find us on Twitter and Facebook. Just search Kick Some ADHD, and we'd love to interact with, with you there as well. Dana, another fantastic episode. Thank you. Excellent. Thank you, David. Oh, thank you. No, no. Thank you. All right. <laughs> All right. Bye, everybody. Have a great week. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Kick Some ADHD with Dana Rayburn and David Johnson. Did you find this helpful? Please share it with everyone you know who... Squirrel uh, um, has ADHD, or might, and leave a rating and a review in your podcast app. It helps other people find us. For more help with ADHD, including information on Dana's ADHD Success Club and episodes of Kick Some ADHD you've missed, go to kicksomeadhd.com. ADHD.com.